You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. And there are certain times in the uh, show here where I get to feel like a little child, where I get super, super excited about things. It's almost like Christmas. And this next segment is definitely one of those times. I'm being joined by John Flowers. He is a former military chaplain where I used to have to work for him, and he would yell at me when I would do all the things that he didn't like that I was doing. Uh, He is the pastor at Living Hope Baptist Church in West Fargo. He is my greatest Christian mentor in my life, and I'm even more proud to say he's a very good friend. And so, John, welcome to Real Presence Radio. Thanks, Nathan. It's good to be here. We're going to talk a little bit today about Christian stewardship. So I hope, here's here's what happens when you listen to a John Flowers sermon, by the way. Uh, You leave feeling really bad about yourself. Because he lets you know in, in a multitude of ways how you can live this thing called your uh, discipleship with Jesus better. Uh, and, and you always feel like you've been edified and you're equipped on the path to growing in, in holiness and knowing Jesus better. And so I'm hopeful that at least some people feel really bad about their own Christian stewardship after listening to this because they'll be challenged by you, sir. Well, to, probably, Nathan, when you mention stewardship, uh, your viewership dropped by 95%. (laughs) Most people don't want to hear about stewardship. I didn't want to hear about stewardship. When I first came to faith, uh, my wife was already a a faithful Christian. And as we were talking about our married life together, she said, and by the way, we're going to give generously to God's work, right? And I said, what? I'd never heard of such a concept because I was raised in a secular family and our philosophy was, get all you can, you know, the old saying, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. It's, you know, it's our stuff. And giving it away, are you kidding? That's, that's just the wildest, craziest thing I've ever heard of. And my wife, Debbie, said, well, well why don't you look at what the Bible says about being generous and, and ask the Lord to, to lead you. So over the summer, before we got married, I looked at that, and I came to the conviction that, yeah, as, as a... As a believer in Jesus, I need to be generous. Jesus was generous, and if I'm going to reflect the good news and the love of Jesus, I also need to be a generous person. So we've been married for 42 years, and thanks to my wife and the leading of the Lord, we, we have uh, practiced generosity, and I'm still here. I, I didn't starve to death, and <laughs> uh, we've been blessed. So uh, how many meals did you have to sacrifice? How many legit? None. 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 We, we, yeah, we, <laughs> no, we we have uh, we have always put the Lord first. The Scripture says that uh, um, <clears throat> the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So everything belongs to the Lord, and and uh, we are managers or stewards of what God has entrusted to us as as, as Christians. When I was a little kid, I, I had. Uh, I had a burst appendix, Nathan. And I went to the doctor because nobody knew it was wrong. It was, it was excruciatingly painful. And the doctor pressed on that place on my abdomen, and it, it hurt like nothing that I've ever experienced. And he says, well, it's not supposed to hurt like that. <laughs> and, and the same is true about, about money. If you hear <clears throat> what the Scripture says about material resources... Uh, stewardship, and it hurts, 
is not supposed to hurt like that if you're a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know when I worked for you, um, I was only a part-time guardsman at that time. I was living in Bismarck. And I really felt on my heart that I was supposed to leave my job, my full-time job, and go back to college and finish my theology degree and, and possibly do something for the Lord in, in some type of ministry work. And so in doing so, uh, my wife was not too happy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was living basically on the um, college money that the military gives you. And for me, because I've been active duty, the post-9-11 stuff wasn't there yet. I was getting like $1,700 a month between my guard drill check and my you know, um, GI Bill money. And I came and told Ange, like, I really, I'm really feeling convicted we need to start. We need to start tithing. Like, we really need to do the 10% thing. She's like, we've never made less money in our lives. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I, I really feel like I'm not doing this the right way. And I was very much inspired by my brother, Brian. Um, he was in a non-Catholic group called the Way International, and they were very big on, on being generous and tithing and whatnot. And we started doing it. And we had no idea how we were going to make all that work. I still can't really tell you how we did. I can just tell you it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. And that led to when John Erickson offered me that job to be the temporary mm-hmm. J2 in Bismarck. So I went from making you know $1,700 a month to having one of the better jobs I'd ever had in my life in about the span of nine months. I'm not saying you give to get something back. Right. But what I am saying is God does bless your efforts. And when you're faithful to him, he continues to bless you in ways that are not outside of the purview of him doing it financially as well. Right. right. There's a way that God God does miraculously provide that and that's the experience of our life. <clears throat> like you, we started tithing when we had nothing. And uh and the Lord is faithful. It, Elijah goes to the widow and uh she says she's about to go home and cook the last of the meal and eat it and die of starvation. And Elijah says, well, first uh, make some for me. Give it to me. <laughs> and she does. It, it makes no sense at all from a, from a logical, uh, physical perspective. But she obeys the man of God, and she shares what she ha- has, and it never runs out. So God, God provides. Yeah. Well, and I, I do think Scripture is a lot funnier than <laughs> yeah. we, we think it <laughs> is. Right, right. Like, like the that way you describe funny. that, that's legitimately hilarious. Yeah, like if yeah. I was reading that with my kids, I would start laughing and they'd all yeah. stare at me like, what's wrong with dad? Like, yeah. that's funny. Like, here's a person who's in such a, a terrible right. position. that like, all right, one more small meal and then death. Just bring it on. Let's <laughs> right. end this. It's over. I, I don't even want to go on anymore. <laughs> Hey, hey, could, could you do something for me? <laughs> You're right. Sense of humor. Yeah, and and I, I I do think in that in that regard, um, trusting the miraculous providence of God is scary, and whether it's tithing or right. your other ways of of being a steward of the gifts that God's given you, I do think it's really easy to say, "Well, I'm just a schmuck. God doesn't want to do anything with me." If God has something great of me then that must mean there's some greatness inside of me. And that's scary, you know, to think about. Um, I can't imagine, you know, that person, uh, as they're, you know, thinking about their life, they're not going to say thousands of years from now, two men are going to be talking about me for, you know, <laughs> right. my, my little action here in my little life. But she's, 
or <clears throat> speaking of that, the the widow's mite, the the poor lady who put in the two tiny coins, who knew that two thousand years later we would be speaking. Jesus said she has given more than anybody else, yeah. and here we are. We talk about her today. Yeah, how, what a, what an impact she had with her two little mites of copper. How many kings and emperors mm-hmm. are lost and forgotten to history? Yeah. But the simple, you know, the lowly yeah. are lifted up and the proud are brought down. And you inter- you mentioned uh, how how hard it is to try, and and it is. It's difficult to trust God with finances, but it's interesting. It, it's it's if I'm remembering right, it's the only place in Scripture where God says, "Prove me, test me," in Malachi three. Uh, test me in this and see if I won't bless you. Uh, and he's specifically talking about honoring God with the first fruits of your labor. Test me, he says. Put him to the test. So, what, what what's your opinion about charity? And what I mean by that is, I have lots of unpopular opinions. <laughs> you, no, <laughs> and they still put me it. on the radio. Yeah, um, I I just it's a personal opinion. You're free to disagree okay. with me. The listeners are free to disagree with me. But I don't understand why I would donate money to a charity that does something overseas that I don't have any awareness of, of what's going on. Um, I've seen churches do things like, we're going to put pencils and whatnot in shoeboxes, and we're going to you know, help all these people. I lose complete sight of where my money is going at some point, right? Unless I legitimately know what this organization is doing I just trust that these shoeboxes are going somewhere or these cash donations are, are, are benefiting actual poor people and not just paying the salaries of people. But in my local community, if I gave money to your church, sir, I would know what you're doing with that, right? It's, it's, I've got local eyes on it. It's closer to me. I can see the benefits and the fruit and the, and the things that come of it. I should give more to those types of things than I should for things that are, are going overseas. As, as a general, I, I think uh, as a steward, as a, a wise manager of the resources that God has given you, you should be careful about what you give to. And that's not to say that you don't do Operation Shoebox or whatever it is. Um, I, I think you can do both and, but it, it, you do need to be careful about, about uh, directing your, your resources to, to where they will have the maximum impact, I do think. Um, the, uh, I, the figures are that most Americans give less than 1%, maybe 2% oh, of their foul. income to charity. Yeah, yeah. it's foul. It's, it's, uh, you can, it's you ridiculous. You can check certain people's tax returns. I won't say any names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, we, we are wealthy beyond the wildest dreams of anybody who's ever lived on this planet. And to be stingy with it is uh, it's unconscionable. Yeah. And so we, we do need to direct those resources. If, if um, Jesus, Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will follow. And uh, if I invest $1,000 in, in Acme Widget Company, then I'm going to be interested in Acme Widget. Um, but if I direct $1,000 to the Newman Center with Father Cheney here at NDSU, then I'm going to be interested in, in the Newman Center. My... my my heart will follow where I put my treasure, and and I should put my treasure into things that that uh, impact the kingdom of God. Right, perfect. And on the other side of this break, I'm going to ask uh, John Flowers here a little question about um, a, a, a challenging comment from one of our secular comedians years and years ago about stewardship. And you'll hear that on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. 
This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. We appreciate all the support our eye care clinic has received over the past year. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, vision therapy services, contact lenses, and glasses. Lumen Vision is located across the street from Saints Anne and Joachim Parish in South Fargo. We accept a variety of vision and medical insurance plans. To schedule an appointment online, our website is www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Religion, because of the very nature of what we're dealing with here, God, my most fundamental relationship, my, you know, this groundwork for my, most of my social relationships is so highly emotional for people that if you're going through a place in which your fundamental core beliefs are being challenged or uh, you might think that they might be wrong in some way or maybe they need to be you know clarified or, or some distinction might need to be brought getting around that emotion and having a place where you you feel safe like you don't have to you know protect yourself is one of the most fundamentally important moments or, or, or characteristics of helping to bring somebody through a conversion because everybody wants to feel safe publicly and uh, that's why you know the relationship is very often something that comes before the hard conversations with people. Sure. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your host today. And I'm being joined by John Flowers, who is the pastor at Living Hope Baptist Church in West Fargo. And we're talking a little bit about stewardship. And uh, I remember years ago uh, listening uh, someone... I have lots of friends who are not exactly Christian, we'll put it that way, and they like to poke the bear with different memes or videos on YouTube or whatnot with me. And I, I actually do enjoy the banter. It's not, a, it's not a bad thing. But they sent me a YouTube clip of a comedian who I uh, probably shouldn't name. I don't know. Uh, I think he's deceased now. And uh, he had a bit about how, oh, God is so great with the love, and he's so great with the mercy, and he forgives you and all this stuff. But apparently, he's just really terrible with money because he just always asking for more and more money. And there is a cynical part of giving to, especially Christian charities in an age where you find out that a particular person is skimming off the top or other reasons that you may not feel comfortable giving your money to Christian charities John, how, how do you answer someone who has a cynical view like that? Well, uh, first of all, the, the lady, the widow who gave her two mites to the temple, she was giving to a corrupt organization. But God, God was seeing her, the intent of her heart, 
And she, she intended to be generous with the work of the Lord. And even though she was giving to a, a, a situation that wasn't, shall we say, the purest, um, her intent was still pure. And so God, God sees that. But as to the cynical thing, the, uh, the Pharisees, when they heard Jesus talking about this, they sneered. So it's nothing new for the world to sneer at something that Jesus says, especially when he, when he speaks about money. And, uh, uh, of course, people are going to be cynical about it. But we need to avoid that attitude of superiority. Like, we know better than Jesus. When Jesus talks about... <laughs> <laughs> it's never a good, it's yeah. never a good plan. I, I, I got it figured out. He doesn't. Yeah, Jesus said, <laughs> be on your guard. I mean, watch out against greed. And, and that's, sort, so that's sort of a military word. Be vigilant. Be, be watchful against greed in your heart. And, and don't sneer at what Jesus says because he, he knows what he's talking about. So he said, you cannot serve both God and money. You'll, you'll either love one and hate the other or be devoted to one and, and despise the other. So Jesus knows what he's talking about. Our hearts are, are grasping. We are selfish. We, we want what we want. And one of the ways that you cut that root of, of greed and covetousness in your heart is to... Gen, uh, discipline yourself to be generous. And, in, and when you're disciplining yourself to be generous, and in a systematic way, you are reflecting the character of Jesus. Je- Scripture says that although Jesus was rich, he made himself poor for our sake. And so when, when we cultivate that grace of generosity in our life, we are reflecting the, the grace and generosity and character of Jesus. So, so yeah, people can be cynical about it all day. And, and uh, unfortunately, we live in a fallen world where, where people can exploit um, the generosity of, of sincere people, but that doesn't excuse us from giving. Uh, how, how do you answer the, uh, the folks who say, well, I would give to my parish or to my church, but they're doing this building project then. What a waste of money. We could be using that money to help people. I'm not, I'm not going to donate to a church that's wasting its money on, on these things. Uh, <laughs> how, how, how do you answer that person? Um, you're, part of, you're part of the body of Christ, and uh, you, you have an obligation to support that local body. And not everything, you may not agree 100% with what, what uh, every decision that's being made, but Scripture also says that we are to obey our leaders, and we, we are to uh, support, support your pastor so that his work would not be a burden. And uh, you may not agree with 100%, but, but think about this, Nathan. If, if uh, I don't know what the percentage of, of giving is for the typical Catholic family, uh, you know, a typical uh, well, church-going a study, Americans. Is, well, Church going, there's no, I don't have any data yeah. on that, but there was a group, uh, either Dynamic Catholic or Knights of Columbus years ago did a study. Protestants gave 1.7%, Catholics were 0.9%. <laughs> so, so both of those are just woefully pathetic. So if, if even half of the families in a parish gave 10%, what, what sorts of, of works of mercy could be done in the name of Christ? And, and what, what resources would be available um, uh, usually, people who have concerns about where the money is going, they're actually reflecting the, the spirit of Judas. 
Amen. You know, the, the, the woman broke the expensive jar of perfume and, and wasted it on Jesus, just poured, <laughs> poured it out on Jesus. And, and re- rather than rejoicing over that sacrifice, over the beauty of that, he's grumbling about what, what, what we could have done with the money. And, and most of the time, in my experience as a pastor, the people who are grumbling about what else we could have done with the money, they're not giving anyway. It, it's, a, it's a defense. It's a smokescreen mechanism yep. against giving. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, one of those smokescreen people uh, was my own mom at one time. Uh, she was at a parish where they were remodeling the rectory. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not giving that. That's way too much money. And I said, well, mom, that's, maybe that's true. And maybe, maybe this is a terrible decision. Um, but it's not your call to make. Right. God, God's not going to say to you, were you a good steward of the parish's money in doing this remodeling project? But he might ask you if you supported your parish financially, right? Is he going to ask you if you're responsible for that? Well, yeah. Well, then you give and you let go. Yeah. And, and what you are required to do is not what your pastor is required to do. How many children could be educated if, uh, if people with the means would share with people who have the need? Just, just that alone would, would make a tremendous impact on the, on the kingdom of God. So it, would you say the smoke screen is, is also for the person who says, well, I don't, I don't need to give that much because God knows my heart and I, I have a good heart, so therefore I don't have to give. Yeah, it's, it's a, in my opinion, it's a smoke screen. We, when we talk about a stewardship, uh, we, we do need to be quick to, to mention that it's not just money because stewardship involves your whole life and what you do with your whole life. However, in my experience, nobody wants to talk about money because <laughs> money is where, where the, the, the rubber really hits the road. What, are you being generous with the financial resources that God gave you? And, and uh, yeah, most people throw up a lot of defenses and smoke screens about it, and, and it's a dodge. Okay. Uh, another question for you. Yeah. Uh, cars. Uh, I listen to Ray Garendi on Catholic Radio here. Many of our listeners do. He's a really good dude. Uh, met him in person. He came to the parish one time, and he made a comment that, um, for whatever reason, I still wrestle with it in my own mind. He said, uh, "Yes, you always need to follow God's will. That's Christianity 101. But God's will is not every single thing, right? Uh, what kind of car should you drive? Should you drive a Honda or a Toyota or a Chevy or something like that, yeah. right? God's meticulous will is not found in this kind of stuff." Get, get the car that serves you best and don't worry about it. Yeah. Is that, do you agree with that? Or do you think there is a sense of, you know, hey, maybe I shouldn't be driving the brand new RAV4. Maybe I should keep my older <laughs> RAV4. How, yeah, that, uh, how, how do you navigate that well? I think I, that's, those are all questions for, uh, you know, exercise prudential wisdom, you know, ask, asking the Lord to, to grant you wisdom in those decisions. You, you need to ask yourself, how, how much car is enough car? How much house is enough house? And, and uh, I think it's really easy to go down the rabbit trail of, of judging ourselves or judging others based on what they have or don't have. And uh, I, think, I think it's somewhat a matter of, uh, of your conscience before God. Are, 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 you placing, are, are you sincerely placing your resources in his hands? And, and are you free with those resources? Are you open-handed, open-hearted, uh, generous, or are you tight-fisted and and stingy with stuff? And if you can honestly say that you're open-handed and and big-hearted in your generosity, 
then I think you have a clear conscience before God, whatever car you drive. Okay, what I'm hearing, this is from my wife, Angela, I can get the new pickup. I think that's what <laughs> Chaplain Flowers is saying. Uh, I couldn't let you get out of here without talking about benefits, uh, the benefits, the blessings that come from mm. this. I, I propose that God can't bless you unless you're faithful. And if you're not faithful in matters of stewardship and your money, you're really leaving a lot of blessings on the table. Yeah, Jesus said, if you're faithful in, if, in small things, I, I will trust you with bigger things. And I, and I think that's a, that's a principle. It's like you said earlier, we don't, we don't want to get into the trap of, of uh, I want to give so that I can get blessed. Uh, that, that, that leads down a dangerous road. But it, it is just a... Uh, it, we're we're it, not Joel Austin, right? Right, <laughs> it, but it it is a is a it seems to be a, a the working of common grace the way things work. If you are big hearted and generous, uh, God God tends to trust you with more. Yeah, uh, when I was a youth director in Valley City, I hated all the fundraisers and selling gift cards and making chocolate companies rich. And uh, I basically said, I don't want to do this stuff. I just want to deal with people's generosity. And I'll I'll leave with this little story. Uh, we had a parishioner there who's since passed away, and I basically just got up at each of the masses on one weekend and basically said, hey, we want to send kids to Steubenville. We want to put people, uh, especially our young people, in, in an encounter with Jesus. We want them to be changed by this. We want them to become intentional disciples. And I don't want to sell you chocolate bars. I want you to make a mm-hmm. sacrificial gift because you care about Jesus, you want Jesus to be in the lives and hearts of the people, the younger people in this parish. I want you to pay for them to yeah, go. That's right. I'm staying in the back of the church, and she comes up to me, and she, I don't want to give too much information, detail, but I'll just say she was not a wealthy person at all. She comes to the back of the church. I'm standing there at the table. She pulls out her purse, and she hands me this really crisp, folded $50 bill. And she's like, I've been asking Jesus what I should mm. do with this $50 for the last three months, and after hearing what you said at Mass today, I know it's supposed to help a child come into contact with Jesus through this Steubenville uh, retreat event. It's like, I don't understand why we don't do that. I could care less about what the kids experience in Steubenville. I impacted a person through just saying, share in the gifts that God has granted to you. She increased in her faith and trust in Jesus in that moment. You gave her the opportunity to make a sacrifice for yeah, the Lord. Yeah, and, and, and we, do, we do chocolate bars. Yeah, oh it's based on the idea that I need to get something. Yeah, yeah. why can't we just sacrifice? Yeah, make, let, make an offering to the Lord. Yeah, let the Lord do it. All right, well, thank you, Chaplain Flowers, Thanks, for Nathan. joining us today. It's Great an to honor and pleasure. We'll be at Chick-fil-A later in All Fargo right, if anyone good. wants us to come by and yell at us about... And, and, you can, and be good stewards, you can pay for our meals. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Radio, and we'll talk on the other side of this break about some individuals who are going through some deactivant formation. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 